one where he's spying on the um, couple. You're right. And then he like sympathizes. I forgot about that one. Uh, all right, let's just let's just jump into the wailing. Wailing, more like the boring. Nah. So I know what you think about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> sorry. There was a lot of wailing in this movie. <laughs> Uh, what is up, and welcome to the Too Much Free Time podcast. I'm your host, Mark Burris. With me, as always, are Peter Blankenship and John Girdler. Mark is is wailing as we speak. I'm not wailing. I'm just I'm so de- welcome to be here. Oh, uh, hmm. ah, I like that, actually. That was pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> I always like how week after week I introduce you guys, and there's a great moment of Look on your face if you guys start thinking about what you're going to say. Yeah. It's this like, okay, he said my name. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How can I make fun of it? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just the only of... time of the week that he says my name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, Peter, it was your pick this week. Why yeah. don't you go ahead and introduce this movie? Uh, so, this, this is The Wailing. The Wailing. A movie hailing from uh, South Korea. Uh, the Good Korea. One yeah. might argue the best Korea. Or the only Korea. Ooh, that's controversial, Peter. Um, yeah, but <laughs> there's like a renaissance. I don't even know if it technically is a renaissance. More of a coming into the limelight of film is Korea? Asia. Or Asia. Really, like they're, they're stepping up their game. Yeah, I'd agree uh, with that. And this, for me, top 10 horror movies uh, of all time for, for Pete and top 10 horror films of yeah, all time. Yeah, and it was like one of the top five movies I watched last year. That's high wow, praise. That is super high praise. And it came out in 2016, is that right? Yeah. Gosh, I did not... Ex- Peter blindsided me there. Wow. Oh, man. I loved it. I, d- I did not hate it, but it, I don't know, something about it, it just didn't get me. John, what are, what are your kind of initial thoughts on this? Initial thoughts, uh, I liked the movie. I would not go as far as to say I loved it, like Peter's saying, but I did enjoy it. Um, I don't think I fully understood it, to be honest. So had to do yeah. a little bit of research to follow up on some of the meaning. Yeah, same. Same. I was a little bit lost. Um, if you're listening to this and haven't watched the movie, because this is kind of a... I, I agree with Peter. Like When I looked up, it's kind of a hidden gem right now. Uh, it is on Netflix, um, which was nice. It's always nice when we can find it on something that we don't have to buy. <laughs> you don't support film? I do, but it's, you know, it's like week after week where it's like, damn it, I got to pay. I mean, our listeners can only donate so much money. <laughs> <laughs> so we can only ask for so much. Oh, man. Uh, I also, before we jump into this, I was super surprised. Like, I don't know why it shocked me so much, but the kind of heavy Christian like metaphors throughout the movie kind of didn't see it coming. I don't know. It just was surprising. Yeah. The director is Christian, um, Christian Korean. So like I did look up that, like, why are we having this kind of silencey thing going on? It it was, it was interesting. And I like, I guess this is a good segue into the opening of the film. Cause it opens with, yeah. Opens with, yeah. With it's Luke, 24 versus 37 through 39 which i missed what because it was scrolling through so fast and i i usually don't take into much of count the like opening words like that because they're usually oh, you should well they're like in most movies they usually don't mean that much 
This was basically Unless we're talking about Halloween. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> that was very important. Where they quote Loomis. themselves, yeah. yeah, Dr. Loomis. Yeah, but this is like the see my hands and my feet, you know, know that I'm real kind of thing. Right, but it, spoiler to the end, yeah. this is the hint at to what the girl was at the end. And I didn't connect that until I re-looked up the verse at the end of the movie. I was like, "Oh my gosh, they told us at the beginning what she was." Which was not a ghost. <laughs> yeah, no, she. So the girl in white. Yeah, the girl in white. Yeah, she's like so. Um, I saw. I saw one thing call her a Jesus figure. Yeah, and and this is another thing about this movie is so there are a lot of different interpretations because it's not completely explained thoroughly. And if, if the director likes to go, well, I made this movie for uh, you guys to have interactions with it. So like, if you take away certain things, cool. But. I, I looked up stuff, and I tend to agree with this more because so we have Christianity is in here too, but we also have the, um, you know, the shamanism kind of. Oh stuff right, and the like the more Buddhist native things. Yeah, the more native Korean, uh, I would say folklore. Um, and I know in Japanese folklore, there's a fox spirit that is like a guardian of a village or whatever, and right. I think that's what she's supposed to be. And the uh, grandmother, like a mixture of it. A yeah, little the bit. grandmother that says the old lady. Um, told me about a shaman or like what I think they're kind of referencing or she is referencing the fox because she's old obviously you know she's not a person Um, right yeah I don't know some of the stuff I looked up was more explaining the Christianity thing uh and well I'll bring it up again we'll get to that part I look forward to it there's just I don't know there's like little things we see with her that kind of are bible references I guess uh but yeah that's the opening I don't know, what do we even call that opening slate which is black screen with text yeah which is the fastest i've ever seen text scroll by like usually it's up there for like a solid like 20 minutes while you're reading through it being like okay go to the next page yeah but it's runtime oh, <laughs> yeah it's two hours and 36 minutes yeah and i'm not gonna lie peter it didn't need to be that long this movie could have been an hour 40 tops we can we can dig in <laughs> <laughs> i defend its length uh, but yeah, the the movie opens up with just a Japanese man fishing on a really pretty lake, and he's doing like the he's you get to baiting. like watch him he's baiting. Yeah, yeah he's baiting like the, the worm on the hook. Which is a uh, foreshadowing. Yeah, your symbolism. One of the two. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the things that was weird when I was watching this movie was I didn't think that would be symbolism at first. I like I kept waiting for something else to happen because I knew the movie was supernatural, but I didn't think it was going to be in this tone and then like i feel so stupid now but like when i was watching it initially when a lot of the bad stuff starts happening and people are getting like sick i thought it was gonna be like some sort of zombie thing (laughs) and that wasn't the case at all and it felt that way at the beginning yeah when you see the first dead person they kind of like attack yeah they look they look zombified walking dead-esque yeah uh but yeah after we get the little fishing yeah, it fades to black and opens up in the house. Yeah, with the bumbling cop. I wrote bumbling cop too. <laughs> that's the word I kept using. Oh, that's funny. I was shocked to see the grandma's language, like right off the bat, just like oh, yeah. dropping f bombs and stuff. I didn't have the subtitles on yet, so like as soon as I turned on the subtitles, I like all these words <laughs> like coming from grandma, it made me laugh. Oh man, I I uh, I also. Th- found it fascinating i spent most of this time watching the movie not ignoring the plot but being distracted from the plot by how interesting korean houses are 
designed. Yeah. Like how they're like separate buildings almost instead of rooms. Like that fascinated me. And they were all really small. I don't know. It was cool. That was one of the reasons I love this movie. Was because, it was just fascinating? Yeah. You got like a snapshot of a culture I've n- not been a part of before. Right. Because I feel like if you we never see Seoul, but if you go to... Seoul, the Korean capital, it's a lot like Tokyo or, you know, Beijing a little bit, where it's like a more modernized, a little bit westernized city. And so it was cool to kind of see country, what a village looks country like. Korean. Yeah. They all sit on the floor. Sleep on the floor. Sleep, Sleep yeah. on the floor. I was confused by the bed thing. I was wondering if it was a cutout and then it was like the mattress was level or if it was... They were just on the floor. Ooh, a cutout would be interesting. You have like a pit for your bed. Right. Cause like, That'd be weird. Have you ever eaten at a traditional Japanese restaurant? Like a very like real traditional one? Because it's, it's not sitting on the floor necessarily. It's the tables in a cutout and your legs kind of slide under the table and are down. So it looks like you're sitting on the floor. And so I was wondering if that was kind of the thing. But it's not what I, I remember know. at Shogun. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy. That's why you go to Benihana. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, the cops getting called on to uh, our bumbling cop, who is our hero protagonist of the film, is getting called to a uh, murder scene. Somebody died. Yeah. When he says somebody died, it makes it sound like someone went in his sleep. You know, like somebody like passed away in their sleep and he has to go, you know, do the report or whatever. It's like, no, it was like a triple homicide. I'll take my sweet time getting ready. Well, he tried <laughs> to leave and then his mom was like, you got to eat. They're dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like not eating won't bring the dead back or something like that. Was that foreshadowing, John? I'm going to go with symbolism. Symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> the wailing <laughs> but yeah like an aspect of this movie i also loved was he's in over his head from part one yeah, till the end Street. like he just never gets it yeah our hero was very overwhelmed as would anybody be right but like I he think never this makes super realistic right de- decision i feel well, like i think this is an interesting case study in the the asian kind of film industry's version of an everyman because i feel like the american everyman isn't as usually in these situations isn't as bumbling, but is still very like droneish, kind of just going through their their um, you know day to day lives. I feel like in this movie they they make it almost satirical how out of his element he is. Like he's why is he a cop if he's this big of a coward throughout the movie? You know what I mean? It's I like, think it kind of shows nothing happens in this village. Yeah. Well, then a lot happens. Yeah, <laughs> thanks to the Japanese. Man. Why? Why is the captain so uptight then the whole time? You know, because it's, well, it's a police two, captain. You got to yeah. be uptight. And the <laughs> two people below him are idiots. <laughs> 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 like he can't even wash the car. <laughs> what are you doing? By the way, yeah, their police station in this movie is it legitimately just the captain and then so him look- and his his partner? There's three people in this precinct. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were like other cops, but like I don't know. That was another thing that I was confused about. Like, so getting us back on track, when he comes to this scene and there's a bunch of cops there, there are also people in normal clothes that I was like, oh, those guys must be detectives. And then none of them act like detectives. They're touching stuff without gloves and they're like getting mad at each other and nobody's like trying to solve the murder. I was super confused. Were they detectives? <laughs> well, later they get, uh, one of them gets uh, gotten onto. By it looked like a real detective going, "What are you doing touching that?" 
with right. Nick Labs. <laughs> well, but that's what I'm so confused by. I, I feel like that was something that there were a lot of lay people hanging around. Yeah. And then I do think the people touching were quote unquote detectives. But they're just not very good detectives. Yeah. Everybody. Maybe they're the feds that were brought in. Hmm. Oh, the feds. That's the feds? That, that's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> the fuzz. Right. But um, with this kind of crime scene, though, it looks like this man, a possessed man, uh, covered in boils and crap, and his eyes were like glazed white, had yeah. stabbed his family to death. Herpes. Hell of a <laughs> hell of a disease. It did look like I there was no point in this movie where I was legitimately scared. I was com- I was grossed out a couple times though. Just like the boil stuff was ugh. Yeah, and he was he looked dead already. He was just like ugh. Yeah. Well I thought he was dead. When he first walks up and he's like staring at him, I'm like, that's weird they handcuffed a dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, Oh, maybe he was a victim and like the killer had handcuffed him and he's like, Oh no, no, he's alive. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Reminds yeah, me of guy. Seven, that scene when they're investigating the, the glutton guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good like call. wakes up. It's interesting. Scared me to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, from there, though, uh, they go back to the precinct. There's a lot of, there aren't a lot of them, but there's a couple times in this movie where they make aggressive cuts, like just jump cuts, mm-hmm. that don't transition well, in my opinion. This is kind of the first one where it goes from literally the crime scene to just... They're back at the precinct, just like hanging out. And then Bumbling Cop's friend tells uh, a weird story of a, I guess, a hunter in the the mountains that like falls down, like trying to pick up a deer, like falls down a hill, like hits his head. And I thought he was dead. <laughs> Wait, that's not the story. What do you mean? That happened. Well, he's telling the cop his this story, but they don't believe it at first. They find out later it's real. Uh, but yeah, like after that guy fell down the hill and hit his head, he sees like some naked man eating <laughs> eating the deer raw, which was pretty cool. Nice Chianti. I thought it was interesting that... It, so it's a naked man, but he had like a loincloth diaper thing. Yeah. 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 A, little, a little overweight too for living off of... Well, I feel like if carcasses. you're going to eat meat raw, you're, you know, you're going to pack on some pounds. But he's like, he's a nomad. I mean, he's constantly moving around. It's a thyroid problem, John. Leave <laughs> him alone. <laughs> That's body shaming. <laughs> I was <just> <laughs> John, shaming male bodies. But yeah, they, they tell this story. And uh, it's kind of like, I guess it's them telling a ghost story. Did you notice that our bumbling hero was reading like a manga comic? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, but while they're telling this story, too, that naked woman just shows up at the front of the house. Or not front of the house, sorry, in front of the precinct. Is this ever explained? This is one yeah. of the questions I had. Like, they, they connect her to another murder later. But, like, why was she naked in front of the precinct? So the guy um, who has the deli shop or whatever with his wife that he goes into later and has a conversation with, well, he right. talks about her... And he says that she went crazy and would run around naked at night. Oh. And so she's also the one with the burned down house. So that's right. her. Um, but yeah, it explained why she was doing the stuff that she was. She you know, lost her mind, went crazy, running around town naked. <laughs> you know, the huge. The huge. I, after, after this point, when it was 
like it's the second crime scene or whatever when they're investigating that. Uh, the only thing I could think of to write as a note was just like it's safe to assume I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> like because I was still like, is this a zombie thing? What's happening? Is it? Is it possession? Yeah, they were trying to blame the mushrooms. Yeah, they do the mushroom thing, which made me think that that was going to be a zombie thing, was there was some sort of... And then there's the weird scene at one of the crime scenes. I can't remember if it's the first or the second, when while our bumbling hero is guarding the scene, he sees those flowers hanging on from a higher post, and he's like about to touch them. And then someone like gets his attention and calls him over. And I was like, oh, that's the flower that's spreading the zombie <laughs> virus. Nope, that's not... That ended up not being the thing. <laughs> but it was like the tension of him reaching out to touch it. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. It's some kind of trap. Well, we, f- I, we find out at the end of the movie, it, it was a defense mechanism. Which is, I'm going to bring this up when we get to that part. Because I was super confused by that as well. Of just like what the flower was. Um, but yeah, is, is it at this point the daughter, his daughter starts feeling the sickness? Uh, yeah, yeah. When his yeah, wife comes, she comes in to drop off with the medicine or whatever. Oh yeah, and she gets possessed on the way back. Right, cause yeah, cause he w- at the second crime scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, yeah, they, the second crime scene is the house burned down. Before that, when they have the father daughter, after daughter sees them having the sex, and so he bribes her with a trip to the store. Yeah, that's all I can assume. Well, did you notice uh, across? <laughs> well, no. Across the lake that they were sitting at was a Japanese man fishing. Oh, is that was that hit? The, he was legitimately at that lake while they were yeah. there. Like he's the fisherman at the beginning with the worm. Well, yeah, the Japanese that. man. And then the scene where they're sitting there, it it shows a little view of the lake, and you can see he's tiny, but you can see him across sitting on the rock. Oh, interesting. I didn't. I didn't. Catch I didn't that. catch that at all. Yeah, that was a weird thing. This is. When I was talking about how long this movie is, that this is a whole scene scenario thing that I feel like was unnecessary. Like, I guess it set up the beret, but I feel like there could have been a shorter way to set up the girl having that beret. Well, I also thought it gave her a little bit more um, character foundation for when she does start acting weird. Like, <sighs> oh, she actually was normal at one point. She actually yeah. loved her dad. I guess. And didn't just cuss him out. I guess, but I still... it's. It's just they spent. I'm. I mean, maybe I'm just saying that they spent like a few minutes too long. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it could have just been a little bit shorter. Because I think, you know, you can set up those dynamics very simply in a short amount of time because it's. You know, most people aren't going to go into this family's life and just assume it's already in a weird state. Like you can go ahead and think of them as a normal family. So I feel like it. it I like the little scene where she's like, "Dad, you know how do I look?" And then he's like, "Pretty," and then he turns around, he's just like freakishly pretty. You're like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> that felt like the dad comment of just like, "I want to get out of here." He was like <laughs> sitting outside the store smoking. Well, that's what I thought at first, and then when he said, you know, like the freakishly, he was like chuckling to himself. I was like, "Oh, he's he's a loving, caring dad." Yeah, I thought it was weird that him and his wife would have sex in the car, though. But then I guess with their house layout. Yeah, where would you do it? Yeah, I don't know. That was another scene that didn't seem necessary right i i I agree I, but you know i'm not saying like i read this anywhere or anything because I, I didn't but um some of the ideas of having children being possessed is like a innocence manipulated type of thing mm-hmm. and if she 
you know, and like, you know, ooh, the sex is not necessarily pure, right? Like, not for her young mind or whatever. And it's like not the first time she's seen it. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it's like once we do get into the possession stuff, I kind of the movie kind of takes a what I would consider a Korean version of the exorcist tact. You know what I mean? Where it's like a similar strategy, but because of the cultural differences, how it plays out is different, if that makes sense. Which I actually that was actually when I started getting into the movie was once that gets there. But the we're shaman. yeah, but we're not there yet. No, we're not. Because I have um, a few more scenes. Yeah, because it was like going back to the second crime scene. It was the house burns down, and it was a similar case to the one before, where a person boils and stuff, like trying to murder their family, and, and uh, goes to attack. Go, yeah, goes to him. attack the cop. And Both he, of them. Yeah, and he's just screaming. <laughs> <laughs> he screams all the time. <laughs> By the way, is it implied that he shit his pants? Oh, because when it's when he's back fresh at boxers. The, yeah, he says fresh. <laughs> she says fresh boxers, fresh undershirt. <laughs> Did he shit his pants and that's I, I why he's so embarrassed? <laughs> I don't know. I thought he was a little shaken. Yeah, I thought he was just shaken, but maybe he's just truly embarrassed that he shit his pants. <laughs> and he's a cop. It's as big of a mystery as Paul Pierce is pooping his pants in the NBA finals. <laughs> it's like this big mystery. That everybody like, did he of. poop his pants? <laughs> but the, in that scene, though, like nobody is helping him, which I found yeah. they're all just like watching him get attacked. Yeah, that's why I, that was like, yeah, make fun of him for being afraid, but he's going to be pissed at you guys because you just stood there. Like, like what if she had killed him? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like most of the, I, I think all the cops in this town are incompetent. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, they're all in over their heads. They've never had to deal with any conflict before of yeah. this magnitude. Yeah, of this spiritual magnitude. <laughs> yeah, so it's a more serious hot fuzz, right? Where like the biggest thing they had to worry about was getting the best town of the year award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the best village or whatever, yeah. <laughs> the best village. Oh, yeah. Uh they he sees though the Japanese man at that burned down house. I did notice that. Yeah, in the group, and he recognizes him. Yeah, but wh- I, knowing what we know about the Japanese man, why was he at the burning house, burned down house? I don't know how many. So I like criminal shows. I like I like the mind of criminals. Right? They like to return to the uh, scene of the to crime. The scene of the crime. Crime scene. Scene of the crime. And. <laughs> Yeah, just kind of look. This guy's not your average criminal, though. Considering he's supposed to be the devil. Well, a demon. <laughs> Spoiler. He's not the devil. He's devil-ish. Yeah, he's definitely a demon. He's an evil spirit. He I is. don't think he uh, the serial killer rules apply to him. <laughs> no, but like sometimes, and maybe this was part of the bait and hook still. You know, he's just looking to see who's next. Well, maybe. But the, yeah, the guy liked uh, taking pictures. And we have a classic... Uh, early, what, 19th or middle 19th century approach to picture-taking of capturing your soul. Oh, um, yeah. That's true. I guess I didn't put that together. Uh, after the Japanese man, though, or I mean, after the Japanese man, after our bumbling hero is attacked by that burnt woman, whatever, um, doesn't don't him and his buddy cop kind of start putting that together because he connects... The na- that that woman that attacked him was the naked woman from the night before. And so then they're like, we should go ask that guy who told us that crazy story about he saw a man eating a deer. 
and figure out what's going on. Well, so we've seen uh, they are sitting outside of the house where we see Fox Girl for the first time tossing rocks at them. That was a weird. Was it supposed to be funny? I think it was, but then I thought I at least I laughed at it. But this is one of the things I wanted to bring up. So this is one of the first big like Jesus figure clues. Is mm-hmm. she throws stones at him, and this is how people interpret it. And I Casting actually like the it. First it's stone. He who is out sin cast the first stone, and so she's casting stones. So she is without sin. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Like I don't think she's a criminal. Well, or like I don't think she's done bad it, things. It's a hint at her purity yeah her alignment i guess yeah her alignment yeah of like where she plays on the spectrum because at first i thought like a lot of this movie i was like wait is this just asian humor like asian culture humor that i'm just like not getting (laughs) it's just like over my head because it really was just like her throwing a ton of rocks yeah because when the scene cuts and comes back he's like surrounded by all these little rocks (laughs) and to be honest i kept over analyzing so many of these scenes where i kept being like okay wait those rocks are forming a circle wait is she forming some (laughs) sort of barrier around him (laughs) is she responsible and it's just like no it's just throwing rocks so she can talk to him very confusing but she kind of leads him through the house and this this is I'm, we're kind of like getting jumbled up in our order here, but it's kind of a hard movie to follow anyway. The when he goes through that crime scene with her, is that where he sees yeah the demon when thing? he calls his partner back that he sent to the dermatologist to see if they like went there for their skin problems? Oh yeah, <laughs> he he's like, oh my gosh, I got a witness because she said that she saw it, the crime, right? And yeah. so. He turns around and she's gone. And when he looks for her out at the back and he looks over, he sees Japanese man eating uh, raw deer. Right. And the the partner was getting his skin checked out because he was possessed, right? And we find out later. Is that true? His partner went to the dermatologist because that's where like the two people had the skin problems. So he was right. checking up to see if they went to the dermatologist. That's not why he went. Okay. That's not what caused him. It wasn't it, for himself. Mean, okay. Right. Oh, okay. True. But so, but with this, so he gets chased by the demon thing, and then it cuts, and then it cuts, and he wakes up. So it was a dream. No. So, we just well, how did he, he get home? A nightmare. I would, that part is not explained how he gets home. I don't know. This there's there's just parts like that that I'm like I'm yeah, so confused. It's right after he wakes up, and then he goes to um back to work where the chief is like everyone heard about your witness. So we already know that part's okay, true. Okay, that part's true. Well, yeah, and then they also find out about that old woman hung herself. Um, yeah, I forgot her relation to everything else though. What did she? Had she killed her family too, and then hung herself? I, I was super lost with her. That was just like another body that like appeared. I was like, okay, so something's going on in this town, and then they start kind of explaining that all these people are getting possessed and then killing their families, and then. I guess dying themselves, but that a woman hung herself. I did laugh at the guy that discovered it because he was making that like turn on the road and then saw and just like eats it. Just, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, uh, there were a lot of like things that looked like dreams, but they I think they did actually happen the ways they cut. Like that happened like three or four times. We're like, wait, was that a dream? And then, yeah. But then at the end of the movie, I think we realized everything was real. That. Uh, that it actually happened. It was just, it was strange. It was kind of hard to follow, not knowing what was real and questioning your sanity the whole movie. Golly, kind of like our bumbling cop. Our, yeah, our bumbling <laughs> cop. What's real? Who brings up 
the rape story to the bumbling cop. Oh, about the the Jap. Yeah, the Japanese man. It's 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 um the same guy that talks about the naked woman running around, right? Is it? It's the, either that or his partner. One of them, but because that was the other thing that made them go like, okay, let's go find the Japanese man, and they go talk to the the guy who had seen the naked Japanese man eating the deer. Yeah, and his proof is like, look at my fridge; it's empty. I laughed really hard. <laughs> and they're like, and that means what? <laughs> I'm happy he said that because I was super nervous. They're going to be like, oh, man, he must be telling the truth. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it means I haven't gone back on that mountain. It's like, oh, man. But And he bit him. Oh, yeah, he bit him. And then he the he showed him his stitches as well from when he had fallen. In the, in the story, he had fallen. 22 stitches. So... They go up to the mountain, or he shows them where the Japanese man's house is supposed to be in the mountain, um, and it starts thunderstorming, and then... Freaking crazy. Things <laughs> escalated so fast. Well, yeah. yeah, he gets struck by lightning. Yeah, well, one, he so he tries to leave, and then our hero is like, you can't leave, you gotta lead the way. <laughs> you know where this is? He's like, it's right over the hill. It's they, the they only house... Tussle. I love the comment of it's the only house in the area. <laughs> you can't miss it. <laughs> like... Yeah, they have a tussle. He falls, and they're like, oh, shit. We just killed him. Because, yeah, he was obviously concussed or something. He was covered in mud and blood. And then he stands up, and I didn't catch which one of them said, get struck by lightning. But one of them said, I hope you get struck by lightning. It's... It's the guy who does get struck by lightning. It's the it's the guy that let him up there. Yeah, because he's Two talking steps. about getting them sacked or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I'd laugh that he said sacked too. <laughs> uh, but did he get struck by lightning because of the demon, or did he get struck by lightning because he had stit? I imagine the stitches were like kind of metal or something. No. Like he had staples, I'd- and so it it hit him. Or is this just a complete one off of like, well, that dude was hit by lightning. Cause it's really weird. Like they even say like, what are the odds of that dude being hit by lightning? I just chalk it up to something spiritual in this movie. So it, like, but I guess, is that just the catch all? We're like, Oh, I guess the demon thing did it. I don't know. Struck him it did with just lightning. Start storming. Yeah. But like, I mean, rain can happen. I don't know. I, but the lightning thread through well, the forest. What I thought was going to happen, though, was I thought they were going to, like, it was going to start raining, and then they were going to run away from the area and then find out it was only raining there. Like, they were had been scared off by it or something. But that didn't seem to be the case. It looked like it thunderstormed across the town. And lightning hit that. I can't emphasize this enough. Lightning hit that well, dude. So <laughs> why? <laughs> why I think it could also be the demon devil guy making that happen is they ended up not going to the house in that scene. They took the guy to the hospital. Right, they did take So the it got them the away. Oh, yeah, so I, I don't know what right. was going on. So in the hospital, they were like, the doctors just left the door open for like everyone to watch what was going on with yeah. this guy. You know, like <laughs> when he was going insane. There's well, no boundaries. Well, it's his <laughs> no wife. privacy. Yeah, well, the, the beds are all open. It's our two cop heroes standing at the foot of the bed, and his wife is sitting next to him, and she's getting on to him about all the tonics. And she's like, you did all the tonics and everything, and this is how you go out? <laughs> Struck by lightning? Oh, yeah. Well, because he didn't... Di- did he die, or was he saying that no. he, he didn't die? And that they're going to be... A- he would contribute that to all the tonics. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> oh, man. But they end up going back up there to uh, investigate that house with... Yeah, when his daughter's worse. Yeah, because his, his daughter starts getting sick, and uh, they're nervous. 
Uh, and this time the bumbling hero's partner brings his cousin. What was the family relation? It was like his nephew or something. Yeah. That's oh, is he a priest? He's a yeah. He's a deacon. <laughs> no, he's studying to be a priest. He's a he's a deacon, and he knows a little bit of Japanese because he like lived there when he was younger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> Completely qualified. <laughs> Very encouraging. Good addition to the team. Yeah. Missed opportunity with this is when he's translating. They should have had him mistranslate something at least once. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, he still did pretty well. He kind of stumbled through it, but well, nothing was, that was that humorous. I think I he was stumbling because he didn't want to Yeah, I think he was trying him. to be polite. Yeah, because yeah, he's a deacon <laughs> He's like, translate this word for word. You fucking piss bag whore mouth, whatever. Yeah, dog like, fucker. Yeah. Was my laugh. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but so, yeah, they go up, and it's just this house. Like, it's just the three of them. They walk up, and it's, a uh, you know, just this house. Protected by a hellhound. Yeah. The Which, why did that need to be part of the story? That the was dog? also a long scene. Just them fighting off the dog and then... I like the scene a lot. Just, I mean, what, there are three rooms? Well, two and a half. The half being the one with all the photos in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, ritual room, bedroom, There was a kitchen. kitchen. Was that in the... Rit- no, no, that was a separate one. Okay. Because he had to go out of it to get to the yeah. other one. And that, again, this... Town's architecture was fascinating, but I just like going through and seeing all the all the setup. Well, like them investigating the house was interesting, but I kind of agree with John. Like the dog thing went on. Like why? What? Why was the like? You see a giant dog. Why did the deacon go near it? <laughs> well, that's what Bumbling asked them. He's right. like, "Why were you investigating near the dog?" <laughs> and then, like, he ends up killing the dog, and the the shaman oh, the guy is well, pretty much yeah. unfazed. I don't no, know. he's not unfazed. He, after he kills the dog, is when he strungs up the goat in front of his house. Yeah. It's after mm-hmm. he kills the dog, and that's also why he was trying to bring back our zombie boy. Again, though, you guys are a little bit way ahead, ahead. Yeah. way but ahead, because they're investigating the hut with the. It's just the three of them because the Japanese man's not there. They find a ritual room that looks pretty terrifying. Yeah. Like, if I stumbled upon that, I would be like, hey, guys, we need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, no, 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 no. I don't care what you found. No, no, we need to get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, no one was posted guard either. Like, no two whistles, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't really saying anything. They're like, what did you find in there? What'd you? And he, like, wasn't responding. Like, he was just, we, like, continued searching. It's just one of those things, like, when we were in high school and stuff, and it was always, like, it's, like, fun to go into, like, abandoned buildings and stuff, and it's, like, scary. You're like, ooh, you know, people are like, oh, you know, the worst thing could happen is, like, a homeless man's in there that, like, stabs you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's- worst thing is you walk into a room, and there's some <laughs> weird satanic ritual shit. It's like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, and it looked like um, some of the ashes the flames are live or something like oh, it looked yeah. kind of fresh it looks so like, fresh uh yeah they're looking around they're super calm mine literally when i would open that door seeing that room like no no we're going no no <laughs> fuck the shit get your stuff we're moving <laughs> yeah they need to bring back up we need maybe a real priest yeah, yeah. We, maybe yeah. a young priest and an old priest but a priest though no <laughs> deacons yeah. another bumbling fool to to <laughs> yeah. <our team>. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, our, our bumbling hero found that room, and then his partner found the, the photo. photos and the articles of clothing. <laughs> I, I wrote it. I called it the dark room because it was all the photos, like a 
He was, you know, he's just an aspiring it's photographer. It's like a devil entendre, though. <laughs> like photography, and it's just fucked up. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just dark. Like, it's the dark room. You know, like you know, I, I'm just happy that this guy's able to pursue his dreams of photography. Like you know, we all have dreams. That's when we <laughs> see the shoe, the his, first shoe that falls. Our bumbling hero's daughter left her shoe in a weird Japanese man's house. How did he get there? How did it get there? We're never explained actually how it got there. Yeah, are we, we no. Are we supposed to assume that because at one point the daughter's talking about like someone's trying to get in while she was like sleeping? I took it as a nightmare, but is it the Japanese man came well, into her room and took a shoe? Didn't she, uh, she deliver clothes to like I'm going to back the in cop. time? Yeah, to the cop. So on her way home, that could that she encounter could have happened. She could have gotten That's nabbed. when she got possessed. Mm-hmm. Maybe because he, he says she admits to meeting the Japanese. Yeah, man. he confronts her with the shoe, and then she's like, "That's not my shoe," which That's, is a great tack to take with your parents. Yeah, it's like, not mine, but it, it is. <laughs> and uh, here's its twin, and uh, your name's in it. So that's not mine. To quote Shaggy, wasn't me. And then she's like, "Why is it <laughs> so? Me. Why is it so important? Why is it so important?" Yeah, she turns into a a, <laughs> a biatch. Yeah, I like to think though, like. This is a crazy scene, and in a horror movie, you know, like it shows that she, this girl's clearly possessed. Something's wrong with her. You take this one scene completely out of context, and it's just a teenage girl becoming a teenage girl. Yeah, I She's mean, just mad at her parents. What? Add four, <laughs> add four years to her age, and it's totally normal. <laughs> I just remember, my, you know, when I was growing up, just yelling at my parents. Why is it important? Why is it important? You can't even tell me. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Stop grilling me, goddamn. <laughs> These are all actual quotes from the movie. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, but uh when they're like after they find the shoe and everything, the Japanese man comes home. Yeah. Uh which is I I guess like I don't know the law of how police can search your house in Korea. They but did it, say it was uh, illegal, illegal what they yeah, were doing. They acknowledge that. But I raise you this. If the doors are wide open in that house, like are they allowed to just go in? Well, they weren't. I thought they were open. They on um, they broke a lock on oh, the ritual room. I forgot about um, that. Yeah. Cuz at this point too, didn't the dog get loose and he's like chasing him and that's when the Japanese man shows up? Yeah, the dog gets loose, they hide in the rooms, man comes back, calms him down, then they are like, "Uh, hey, yeah, that was a weird transition too, because it's just them like staring at each other, and then they're in the car. Then they're in the car. Yeah. They're just driving. Yeah, it does not show anything. No interaction I with the Jap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good save, good John. Save. Good save. <laughs> good save. <laughs> <laughs> right, but um, shoe. What happens after that? They they're driving back, and then well, yeah, that's the shoe. Right. Um, they, well, and he, that's goes when he goes and talks, and talks to her about, to her about the, shoe. the shoe, and then she's like, "Stop grilling me," and then she leaves. And the the partner tells the bumbling hero that they were that he found the photos. I think right. They talk about the photos, photos. Yes. and he that's because the partner keeps shoot. saying he's yeah. the criminal. Yeah. He did it. He did it. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, is this when they go? Like when do they go back? Because he goes back with just the deacon, but I can't remember how early on that is. Because I know the daughter's getting worse. Is it? I think this is it. I think it, the daughter's getting worse. They go back. Yeah, because I think it's, um, oh, shoot, I'm trying to think. When does the grandma bring up the shaman? Is this when we're first introduced to the idea of them getting the shaman? She brought it up the first day she was sick. Oh, okay. She's like, something's wrong. Oh, when when that happened, she said it started. 
the grandma's like, it's started. You better get ready. Uh, the shaman's coming tomorrow. Or oh, whatever. okay, that's it. So, like, have the money and stuff ready. And Shaman seemed like a cool dude when he showed up, except he kind of seemed like a dick. Because was it that was that the night where she is screaming and her oh, dad and comes he in? He goes in and he finds the boils. Yeah, and they take her to the doctor. Yeah, and then she's like, "What are you doing, lifting your daughter's?" I'm happy that didn't go to a place where I thought it was going to go, which is the the cop is going to have to spend a portion of this movie defending himself, being like, I didn't try to, to, you know, rape my daughter or anything like that. I'm happy it didn't go there. Agreed. Uh, They, but yeah, they take her to the doctor and he doesn't know what's up. And that you're, that's what you're, where you're talking about, Peter, is they say, okay, well, the shaman's coming tomorrow. You better get ready. And, um, Oh shoot! Does he is? Yeah, because it's the shaman comes up and does like the investigation. Um, the whistling thing threw me off. Oh. Like the shaman, they so they went back at this point. No, oh, they had, saying, they I go interrogate yeah, the, the Japanese night. man. Sorry, again, yeah. it's just like it all jumbles up. It all gets kind of like when things happen in this movie. It's this is when the translation's happening and they're and they're yelling at him. Oh, you're right. Because he burns the... Um, With the deacon. And he's like, you wouldn't stuff. believe me if I told you why I'm here. Like, he's, like, responding to them. Right, right. Because, yeah, he goes back up with just the deacon. And he goes in the room, and then he finds out everything was burned. Right. And he got rid of the evidence and stuff like that. And then um, the dog attacks again, and our bumbling hero kills the dog. So there's a dog death, which instantly makes this a terrible movie. It's maybe one of the worst movies ever, Peter. It's one of our rules in this podcast. It is. Yeah. Dogs can't die. Talking about you, Marley, and me. <laughs> and another rule of ours is who would Chris Farley play <laughs> where to put him in this movie? I would love it if he was the shaman. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Chris Farley in a turtleneck and blazer walking around this dude's house whistling. <laughs> I mean, I like the bumbling here, like the main character, yeah, would be pretty great to hear. <laughs> pretty good. That is pretty good. But yeah, the shaman thing kind of threw me off because he's like, yeah, like I said, he's in a turtleneck in blazer just walking around being like (laughs) like i didn't get what was happening (laughs) you're just listening to uh the you know he's echolocating obviously seeing the uh origins of disease and maleficence or whatever it is was he just whistling he was like wait a second and whistles one more time he's like that soy sauce it's got a crow in it, I bet. <laughs> You're full of crow. <laughs> Which this scene cracked me up because from the soy sauce scene, all of a sudden it just cuts to him just doing these crazy yes! dances. Yes, in front I of wrote the that crow. down too. But like, can we talk about how he calls the soy sauce thing? It's so funny. It's like him just pointing up on the hill, just being like, "Those bins up there. What's in the one with the red cap on it? It's just soy sauce. Bring it down here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, are you deaf? Yeah, just smashes it and there's a crow in it. I wanted one of them to be like, we've been eating that for weeks. Like, again, I wasn't fully convinced of the possession thing. I was like, maybe it's a combo of like, uh, you know, possession through like some sort of zombie thing. I was like, oh, the crow's carrying the disease and they put the soy sauce on stuff. No, I still don't even know why the crow was in the soy sauce. <laughs> scary. But. John, that was the same note I wrote, is the quick cut from them finding the crow to it's just a bonfire banging music and the shaman like doing a weird knife dance thing, just like, (laughs) what just happened? (laughs) It's incredible. That was actually probably my favorite part of the movie was that quick cut. 
Because like I wanted to be in the editing room at that point. It's like, okay, so we're going to transition to do explaining. You know, the shaman's going to do this ritual. No, 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 no. Don't treat the audience like an idiot, okay? We're just going to go right into it. They're all familiar with these, these <laughs> with spells. These shamans, yeah. <laughs> He's just got to feel it out. I didn't get... I was trying I was trying really hard to understand both rituals. This one and the like hex he does later. I still don't know what he was doing. Like it's so weird. He like throws the knives over the fire at one point. Like it looks like he's hyping himself up the entire time. <laughs> like it looks like like a warm-up routine before he's gonna do something we else. Read it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. I would love it if that's all it was. <laughs> But yeah, it's the shaman basically lets the audience know, though, that this is a real evil spirit. Out the of mo- all the evil spirits out there that I've seen, this is the mostest evilest. Yeah, this is the most, this is the bigly evilest. The the most bigly evilest. The big bad. Yeah, it's pretty. And they keep calling it a ghost, but I was curious, do you think that's just like the direct translation from the Korean word or, and it doesn't have like the same meaning to us? They well, they did. I think it has the same meaning because they kept saying like, "I don't believe that it's a ghost because he has like flesh and bones and like we talk to him and he's like that's that's no ghost." I don't remember the exact quote, but no, yeah, you're right. He does say something along the lines of like he had to have been somebody beforehand. But again, I'm super confused by that whole explanation because spoiler alert: we learn the shaman is working for the ghost, and then the ghost doesn't really seem to be a ghost as much as it is like a uh, like a physical demon so i was like was that just the shaman just lying there well so they call him a ghost and then they say she's possessed by a demon uh oh do they say possessed by a demon yeah okay because i was getting ready to ask like maybe ghost in their translation is the same as demon in ours or something like that. But if they say demon... They do know, say demon just, a few times in there. That just kind of threw me off. Was because they kept saying ghost, and I kept thinking of like spook, spooky ghost guy. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but the, the shaman explains to him, you know, the kind of the ghost thing. And I actually, I wrote it down because I, I didn't write it verbatim, but I remember I took a note on it of just him explaining why the daughter... Because he asked the shaman, like, why is the daughter? And he explains to the Japanese man, like, have you ever been fishing? Do you know what you, you're going to catch when you fish? And then your mind went to the very beginning. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I was like, it's oh, that's a good. Common that theme expli- in this. explains the fishing at the beginning. But it's a great explanation. I, I guess what I'm getting is I like in this movie that they don't overwork an angle to where to explain why it's happening to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times in horror movies, they shoot themselves in the foot by coming up with some convoluted, over, you know, over complicated explanation of why this terrible thing's happening to this family or this person within this family. And it always kills it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the strangers. They're like, because you were home. Yeah. Like, why it, did you rob yeah, our house because it, you were home? It makes it, scarier and Mm -hmm. still kind of explains it in a way that makes sense and like the fishing metaphor really does work this demon doesn't care who he goes after he's just throwing out bait and somehow your daughter got it like perfect explanation of a like supernatural thing i don't know it's just a really cool storytelling moment that i liked yeah i know when it takes the uh problem and it just puts it on the whole village so it's not our hero's family. Right. It's, it's not the it's first everybody. one struck. Everyone is susceptible. 
Right, which is something I want to bring up a little bit later once we get to the end of how it's happening to everybody in the town. Uh, But yeah, the... This is where I get like a little bit confused in terms of what's going on, especially once everything's explained in the end. So the shaman and him have the conversation of, okay, I'm going to do this death hex thing on the on the ghost. And uh, it's going to cost a lot of money. Da, 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 and we have to be careful, otherwise it'll backfire. And then it's the shaman finds that, or I mean not the shaman, the Japanese band finds that truck flipped over with the dead guy in it. Who is that? Are we supposed to know who that guy is in the truck? Yes. Um, he's... Is he not the one that got struck by lightning? I didn't think that was him. The family they pulled out of the well. Um, oh, is that the guy? That oh. was his family. Okay. Because they were showing pictures, and they're like, this oh. is his wife. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that was the family that pulled out of the well. And then whatever, like, I'm losing track of all the people in this movie. That are dead? Yeah. So did the partner die? Did our bumbling hero's partner die? Not. What happened to him? Nothing yet. But does something happen to him? He, yes. I don't remember what happened to him. He was, um, he killed people. Oh, he did. He he went through the same thing. Yeah, like he, he gets possessed. Oh, he does I get don't possessed. The scene though, it was very fast, and it was like it's him sitting on the ground with his back up against the wall, and there's blood on his shirt and stuff, and then people oh. are all looking in on him. So it's just like an implied. It happened to him too. Okay, sorry, I that was a sidetrack thing, but I, again, it's so hard to follow outside the main family we're following, like how they like do it. It just doesn't track. Yeah, they just kind of give you little hints of who the people are. Right. But like, and so to like bring me back to my question though of so from here we see the Japanese man you know doing this ritual and then the shaman's doing his ritual. So are those rituals against each no. other? Okay. So like walk me through this. I think it was shown to try to look like they were competing, but like and Obviously, with the colors they were doing it too, because Japanese man was killing black, yeah, black birds, and, and then the um, our hero shaman was in white and killing white chickens. Um, but Japanese man was trying to bring the dude back to kind of like he brought him back. He was dead, and then he was zombie man, right? Um, and I don't know why he was doing that unless it was dude killed my hellhound. Now I need a new replacement uh, pet, so you could oh, possess maybe. him. Uh, I don't know about possessing the zombie guy, but the shaman, and this one is a little weirder because if he's in cahoots with Japanese man and he is trying to get the girl to capture the soul or whatever, he was doing it correctly, but I have to be under the assumption he never thought he was going to finish anyway. That's my, what I was confused about. My question, too, is if he's in cahoots with the shaman in the woods. You mean, yeah, the Japanese man? Yes. Um, why is he coming from the big city to get paid? Couldn't he just kill them and then take their money? Like, why Why was the, the payment part of the story? If he was helping the Japanese man from the beginning, well, cause why he wants did that to get matter? money, too. You, well, you can, can he be kill them and take their money? 
Yeah, I don't know. I was very confused by the shaman's loyalties. I don't think everyone has their money at their house. Well, true. Especially 10,000. 10 grand. Right, which I was wondering what that was in Korean money. Like, was it is it a direct translation of, like, that guy just spent $10,000 on this thing? Or was it a, like, some sort of conversion to where yeah. it's... It's just something I was thinking about because that does seem excessive. It had to be a lot because he was also decked out. I mean, yeah, you shaman had to, was looking fly. You had to pay for those <laughs> animals. You had to pay for that that drum that drum line. He had little helpers sick. too, yeah. like throughout that. You know, I'm hex. sure you have to get permits. Like he was doing a lot of weird stuff. You got to get permits to sacrifice those animals. I imagine. Yeah. You know, that's expensive. It's hard out there for a shaman. Safe <laughs> sword throwing techniques. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, so like we see this crazy ritual thing that's supposed to be the death hex and then um it's the daughters responding to it as which made me think it was working i guess it was the like again i'm super confused i think if it was, it was working. working uh but you just think it he knew he wouldn't go through or finish it yeah and even if he did like it was affecting her it was affecting japanese man um Japanese man can't die. So I don't even know if he went through with it that it would have worked anyway. Right. Interesting. Um, But yeah, but like with the daughter being in pain, our bumbling hero decides to stop the ritual, which I feel like was stupid because I feel like going back to my exorcist analogy, like in the exorcist, they explain like this thing is going to try to convince you you know, try to manipulate you, don't listen to it. And I feel like the shaman doesn't do that at all with them. And then, like, I feel like if a possessed person is freaking out, it's like a ritual going on, I wouldn't be like, oh, we need to stop. It's not working. Like, okay, so this is working. (laughs) In, like, kind of a sad, scary way. But, I don't know, kind of threw me off. But, yeah, we stop. They stop the ritual, take her to the hospital. Again, (laughs) their medical bills. Oh. 10,000 on the ritual. The medical bill is probably through the roof. Ugh. Uh, but this is, I thought this was kind of funny because then it, this is like he gets the posse together. Yeah. And like, we're going to go beat the shit out of this <laughs> Japanese man. The, minute, the last straw. <laughs> By the way, this is a good point to bring up how they talk about the Japanese man. It, is this supposed to be slightly racist against Japanese people? So, because Japan and Korea definitely have a history. Yeah. So, I mean, and racism totally doesn't only exist. No, no, that's in only an American thing. It's only actually it's only an American thing in the South right. to specify. Only Southern states have racism. Well, no, because I definitely <laughs> like I do think that's a point of the movie is is racism. Well, not like yeah. an over. Well, yeah, yeah. And the the immediate who the hell is this guy coming from wherever? And we have all these stories about him. They end up being true. But you are confronted multiple times of is this true? Am I being a bad guy just because? And they also keep calling them. They keep calling them the Jap. They do. Maybe it doesn't mean terrible thing. You know, like so they didn't uh, drop nukes on Japan like America did, and maybe you know, like they (laughs) getting political. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah. So maybe it doesn't have quite the right because you can't say that in america that that is a, yeah, a derogatory it's a, it's a i mean I, I bet it's not great there either but well, maybe yeah. it doesn't mean have as much weight i i would argue hopefully it, i i feel like it could <laughs> potentially like if you study the history between korea and japan it i might, would argue it might be it might more yeah 
because they they don't like each other. Well, I mean, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know to the extent. <laughs> but you know, I definitely think racism is a part of the movie. Okay, I was just curious about it. But yeah, I love this posse. They just get sticks. They're morons. Like, why? Do, oh, he's a cop. Why doesn't he have a gun? Well, yeah, his, I've wondered that this whole movie. His friend goes like, "Do you swear on your life or your mother's a whore or whatever?" And the rest of the table's like, "What?" <laughs> so, one more time, Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I have to make sure he's telling the truth. Oh man, yeah. This this weird. This is such a weird posse scene of them like going up the hill and they you know they fight the zombie guy. Um. I thought it was funny the the one guy like hits him and then the other guy in the posse is like what are you doing like are you okay man it's like a weird zombie dude it's like of course he's not okay yeah <laughs> shoot him don't let him with yeah. the sticks and, and then like our priest is trying to our priest I already promoted him our deacon, <laughs> our deacon is yeah. like come on guys let's not use violence or whatever and as he's talking zombie guy comes takes a chunk out of his net of face out of oh. his face and then tries to go straight for the brain. Oh, it's a rake in the head. I like that they chase the Japanese man off like this weird ravine thing, and then Japanese man pulls like a splinter cell maneuver, is like hanging on the rock. <laughs> 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 but again, like if he's this demon thing, I guess he's messing with them. Like, why couldn't he take on the posse? Like, I would have liked this to turn into a crazy martial arts movie out of nowhere of just the, the posse fighting this demon thing. That would have been cool. <laughs> well, and I think this is also kind of part of um, the plan to circumvent our fox oh. protector because her whole... And I do agree with like casting the stone in the first sin thing. After the um, Japanese man falls on the cliff you know falls on the cliff and they hide and dispose the body or whatever oh yeah you know, when they like, eventually hit him with the car or the truck whatever well driving. he fell well, from yeah. the cliff and then they hid they like tossed his body over the thing that was his sin which was keeping him from being able to go into the place with his daughter there at the end of the movie which is why he couldn't go into the house first and uh, break the protective spell because he is bad he's a bad bad man yeah, and so like the spell, I guess it's only good for one passing, and uh, he broke it. He he broke it. Interesting. And because that scene when they do toss him over, we get rich shaman guy going. The rat has fallen into the trap, yeah, or whatever. The rat, I think, being bumbling cop. Oh, not Japanese man. Interesting, because like like you said, yeah, the the woman in white sees them dispose of the body because she's up on a hill. Which is funny in the context of like if you take out of take out of this movie that she's like a benevolent spirit like where she appears throughout the movie you're like well how did she get there she's, ev- <laughs> she's everywhere <laughs> she keeps like appearing in like behind trees and stuff like that it's funny um, so they think they've dealt with the problem though by killing the Japanese man and the daughter seemingly seem or seems better at least for a little bit yeah for like a minute <laughs> hot one hot minute. And then uh, this is another thing that kind of confused me with the shaman, though, because then the shaman uh, is walking by the house and uh, whistling again, just whistling Dixie, and uh, sees the woman in white, and then he just starts having a nosebleed and then just pukes up blood, which I get. He gets the nosebleed before he sees her, and he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) So I get, once you know what she is, I get that that's a he's impure, she's purely pure, like he's having a response to her because he's a bad guy kind of thing. I get that. What I don't get 
is when he freaks out about the whole thing and he's like packing up and trying to leave and then the shaman you know and everything is like packed up the cars driving to Seoul when he's trying to leave and then his car gets like attacked by bugs was that the demon or was that the spirit i think it was the um the demon telling them come back oh really because I was trying to connect it to, like, I couldn't see what bugs were hitting the windshield. Oh, if it's, like, a locust? Well, I thought something. it was, like, a locust thing, but I so I thought it was, like, the spirit thing being, like... But I wouldn't understand why she would want the shaman to come back. There's a, a theory out there that we what we've been saying is backwards, and that the, the white woman in white's actually the bad guy, I guess, and if you will. And she's, like, keeping him from leaving in this moment. And they're actually... The shamans are actually trying to get rid of her. With the Japanese man and the shaman, that doesn't make any sense. When the Japanese man literally grows horns and is evil towards our deacon hero, and there's another theory that they all three get possessed, and that's when that so the um, at the end, like the Japanese man is actually good up until the end, until it gets possessed at the end. Nope. There's a lot of lot of theories out there, and there are like a lot of interpretations, and there isn't like the director didn't say this is what it is. Right here it is. Let's go ahead and jump onto this ending though, because it's crazy. It's the shaman it's finally gets a hold of our bumbling hero and tells him, "I think I was wrong. I think uh, it wasn't the Japanese man. I think it's this woman in white, uh, and that we did the wrong hex curse. I think we killed the wrong person." Yada 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 yada. And um, our bumbling hero tries to go home to find his daughter, who has turned back into a psychopath and is just eating everything in the refrigerator. Well, she so she disappeared. He goes home first. She disappeared. Right. She has disappeared. And then he's back outside the house and then he's looking for her. Right. And that's when he sees the woman in white. And this is like, I guess, the pinnacle moment of the movie, mm-hmm. which is she's telling him, trust me, don't go home, which I guess is like, what is he supposed to Is he, She doesn't really give him a time limit. It's, it's like just the crow. Um, Three times. times. Okay, wait until the another sim- Christian Biblical. symbolism. Oh yeah, but uh, didn't she I like set a trap that. or something? For the yeah, demon no, it was or? a trap okay. for the demon, which is what earlier in the movie we think he almost touched was right. probably another trap. The flowers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, which um, makes me think: Has this scenario happened for everyone in the town? Like, has the woman in white come to every person that's dealt with this in the yeah, town? Yeah, it's probably not her first time. Maybe not exactly this way. But I think she's tried other times. Because one of the crime scenes that we get cut to throughout the movie has some of the shaman stuff there. Yeah. Like as if they did oh, no. the ritual. The grandma talked about a shaman earlier. Right. Like, and then he was, it was too late or something when he did the yeah. ritual. So, like, he's been there mm-hmm. doing this. So, I want to know if this is just one of many battles, battles yeah. through this town, which is weird because it seems like the movie takes place over like. Like a week, maybe, at most. I don't, I don't know what the timeline is, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Right, but she, the the spirit tells him, "Don't go home." I missed the three crows thing, but that makes sense. The three th- until three crows. She could have been more convincing, like that she point, was good. I'd, but the point is, it's the it's supposed to be a blind faith. You're supposed to just believe, and it's up to him. Like he's still making the decision, and she mm-hmm. grabs him when she. He turns to right. leave, which is the the pinnacle thing that I was talking about with the beginning of the movie. How it tells you the end before you really get there is by her grabbing him, she's proving that she is not a ghost because she is a flesh and bone, and it's the like the Jesus quote of the thing. 
So like that's pretty crazy and that connected. And that scene is being juxtaposed with our deacon confronting Japanese man in the little cave room. Right. He was also saying things like that too. Which I know that it, I'm not saying it would have been a great short film, but I feel like that whole thing of the deacon going from the church to his whole conversation with the demon thing that could have been its own like short Korean film. It was a pretty cool like how that like followed like through the cave and stuff. I don't know. It was a really cool filmed scene. Him with his stigmata. Yeah, the stigmata. Like, oh my and then just gosh. the subtlety of like then he changes into the demon thing and is As taking, he's the, taking pictures. the pictures. I was like, that's a that was cool. That was a cool scene. But it reminded me of Black Phillip. Oh, that is that is a lot like. I don't want to spoil thing. the movie that I'm referencing there, but uh, the witch, <laughs> the, <laughs> the I, bitch. I figured the people who had seen it would understand. The yeah. But uh, <laughs> to get back to the bumbling cop, so he's not supposed to go home. He goes home. God, <laughs> <laughs> he goes home. Walks through the trap, which deactivates the trap. So my thought, his wife. And mother were already dead. Yeah, that's what I was confused by. Did he, by him going into the house first before he came out looking for her, did that already break it? Did White Fox not know that he broke it already? I don't Hmm. think, I think, I think, I think they were dead. I think they were already dead. It's just the the rest of his family. uh, Yeah, I think in order to save her and himself, he couldn't go back. Okay, yeah. That's how I interpreted it. Was that she was? They were already dead. Um, yeah, because like she kind of tried to warn him earlier in the movie with the throwing of the rocks thing, being like, "There's a Japanese man who wants to drink your blood dry." I don't like the phrase "drink your blood dry." I don't know, but it just like <laughs> just weird. Make you a little raisin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so when he gets in there, wife's dead, mom's dead, just eviscerated, eviscerated. The daughter stabs him. Pretty so much worst case scenario yeah, of what to walk it's into. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And uh yeah, and like like you said, it was it's all juxtaposed to the priest having a conversation with the demon. Basically, the demon kind of messing with him a little bit, but also confirming his beliefs. He's like, Why are you doubting yourself? You already know what I am, kind of thing. Which again is why I'm saying that whole conversation was so cool. It was like yeah. how they play it out was it was like him toying with the deacon. But at the same time, like reassuring him, and that's what was like so Un- crazy him, about it. Him laughing, where yeah. it's like, "Oh, you're gonna leave me alone? You're gonna let me go?" It's, oh yeah, it's like you're free to leave the cave like, whenever you want. But like, like, I never told you I would let you leave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this movie did not scare me, but that scene really was like left an impression. Oh on yeah, me. Like, it I was, think that's the best part of the whole movie. Yeah, for sure. And the Deacon's not even a real like character yeah. in this movie. Yeah, that's what was so baffling to me. Um, also, why speaking of the deacon, why, didn't he have like a crucifix or something with him? Like, why didn't he try to stab and a sickle? Yeah, he had a sickle and <laughs> why a didn't crucifix. he try to stab the the demon? Well, I feel like he knew he couldn't do anything to it physically, and then He's I imagine, trying. I imagine, what would you do? I, I mean, put yourself there. We're sticking with the biblical theme, like but Peter I'm, cutting the guy's ear off, like no, you could, but you know. There's a good, there's a good question though with the crucifix thing though, because he is a deacon and he has the crucifix and stuff. I don't think he could have done anything to his physical form with the the weird knife thing he had. But I wonder if the demon thing could have messed with him at all, like could have touched him as well. Like I, well, I, he took, I, he took I think his they, picture. Well, I think they intentionally avoided that question and how they set it up. But it's just something I'm curious about with this whole scenario. 
and I'm, I'm he did take his picture multiple times actually yeah which is i'm wondering if that's supposed to be a oh the priest is next or if or the deacon's next or is it just kind of a filmmaker showing oh the Demon likes taking pictures, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, we knew Product he liked. Placement. We knew he liked Product taking placement. pictures. <laughs> well, yeah, but with his room full of pictures. It was the reasserting that he was the one taking the pictures because we see. Well, they both were. But the shaman was taking. Oh yeah, the shaman was taking he the after in. though. Shaman was taking the after photos because that was the weird scene too. Of uh, so, bumbling heroes' whole family's dead, and then the shaman shows up the next morning and like takes pictures of everything, and then <laughs> I didn't like. I didn't like this re- how they did this reveal. I thought it was interesting, but that he Him dropped having, that case yeah. full of photos. Yeah, it, it like it that part looked, was a little lame. It was straight out of a like a late night infomercial. <laughs> Just like whoa, whoa, oh no, my photo! Yeah, so he like scoops him up. It kind of like didn't do the movie justice. Like that reveal could have been better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even have him just open the box up. Yeah, open the box and like put something else in it, and you just see all the photos. And you're like, oh, that guy has the photos. (laughs) You know, he's not good from the fact that he was taking the pictures. That, or I'm going to argue they go the other way. Like, they go full Monty on the the bumblingness. And it's not just he drops the thing, he slips (laughs) up the banana peel, mud goes on his face. He's like, oh, geez. (laughs) There's mud all over the photos. Oh, the team is going to be so mad. You won't believe the day I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the last part of the movie is the our main hero slowly dying and he's mem- remembering good times with his daughter, which was sad, but at the same time felt unnecessary, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like that didn't need to be the ending thing. Just him slowly dying could have just been the ending. I, mean, you could, I felt just as bad. I was just like, oh, bumbling hero died. The whaling. <laughs> you know, this movie could have used more whaling. Yeah, my so this is the thought that I was having when that last scene was playing at the Ferris cart, whatever they were on ride. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, it's not a great thought. But say you're you're that dad, and you you know you're you've got your daughter right there, and you're having a good old time, and then you just die. Yeah, and I was like, wow. Wait, it, if he died on the Ferris wheel? Well, because. We have a lot of death in this movie, so I was just thinking about that anyway, I guess. And <laughs> You have all these stories of kids losing their parents when they're little and different whatever scenarios, and I don't know. So you were, just, you were just like, what if he had died on that Ferris wheel? Yeah. Well, I, cause I asked that because I was like, are you proposing it's like a Jacob's Ladder situation where he was dead the whole time and this is like <laughs> um, some purgatory no. shit? I was like, I don't track that, Peter, but... <laughs> no, just totally unrelated thought. <laughs> oh, man. Let's let's move into our experimental segment that we're trying out for a little while of how would you fix this? And again, two times in a row, this is a movie that's not inherently bad. It's not fixable. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just curious what you guys would add, change, or you know maybe take away from the movie to improve it in Ooh. your own opinion. Real quick, though. I'll go last, because I went first last time. Did, did you guys notice what uh, Baby Girl was watching on TV? No. All the time. It was like a Discovery Channel kind of thing of like wildebeest being hunted. Oh, that's weird. It's it, relatable. Yeah. Pred- <laughs> predator, predator, prey. <laughs> but it's on all the, it's like every scene she was watching that. <laughs> Peter, it's the, pretty great. But Peter, what would you add or uh, change or take away maybe to, um, you know, 
put your own little personal touch on the movie or fix it. <laughs> God, it's hard. I like all the um, wide shots or, you know, like landscape shots because it's also giving perspective of like, oh, this is happening in a tiny place in such a big world, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's how it was striking me. I guess I don't really like, I'm a little sensitive about racism. <laughs> I don't know if we know this, but I don't really like that it had to be the Japanese guy. It's like, of course, the Japanese guy is the devil. Well, I actually thought they didn't do this because I actually agree with you. I don't like that it ended up being the Japanese guy solely through that it was just he was the Japanese guy and some normal demon ghost thing. I thought it was going to be specifically start turning into if it was the Japanese guy that he was a Japanese spirit and that they needed to fight it with a Korean spirit. You know what I mean? Like the different cultural... Like a Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> or a Suicide Squad. <laughs> so what are we? Some kind of spiritual, spiritual squad? squad. <laughs> spiritual Suicide Squad. No, yeah, but Peter, I agree with you. The, the Japanese thing, eh, I, I feel like that seemed weird. It was I, it was a part of the whole stranger outsider thing. And random zombie thing kind of was weird too. Like I came out of nowhere. Um, reanimating the dead. Uh, yeah. But I mean, other than that... Yeah, you did say this is like... I loved top it. Top 10 favorite horror movies. John, what it's about a lot, you? A lot to think about. <laughs> um, I Besides just overall kind of making it... Trimming it down some, Yeah, trimming it down. I think it was pretty... What did you trim down, John? I didn't see. I don't know. I knew you'd ask that. And I didn't <laughs> have a... Um, I don't know. I'm sure there are some scenes if I went back through. I didn't document them, but that could make this shorter, but still deliver the same story. It's just really complex and like a lot of misdirects, which was fine. Double misdirects. Yeah. I mean, it was like just hard to keep up with. Part of it was because it was in subtitles. Um, But to answer your question, how I'd fix it, I think that um, making the main character a little bit, like when I watch movies, I try to find a character to um, root for, I guess. And not that I wasn't rooting for him, but he also made the wrong decision every single time. Like he never really redeemed himself in any way, almost. Like, yeah. there's not really a moment where you're like, yes, he like finally did something right and was rewarded for it. I just felt like it was just bad thing after bad thing, him making bad decisions. And yeah, um, they could have had him less bumbling. Is yeah, less bumbling. Yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. Putting it simply. I'm going to take a crazy take on this. And this is actually something I thought halfway through the movie, and I I think it'd be really cool. I agree with John. Trim this down a little bit. I think you could get this movie down to at least two hours. I think you could push it to an hour 40, but if you want to keep some of the artistic choices they made, I probably about two hours. My crazy take on this, though, same storyline. Everything about it's the same. You put this movie in 11th or 12th century Korea. And it's like almost a samurai style movie. Same thing. That way you could ramp up the spirituality, like mystery kind of thing more. And I don't know. I just think aesthetically it would have been cooler, especially with this village kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know, maybe he's like, (laughs) I hate to say bumbling, like samurai kind of guy, but the town drunk, the drunk Ronin or Or something. Or something, you know what I mean? Like it could have been. And drops his sword. And then like with him being the Japanese guy, you could say he's a Japanese Ronin that lives in the the hills. Like it could have been, it could have been like an uh, an interesting take. Because it reminded me of uh, the witch, the Vavitch, 
where like that's Puritan England and that kind of sets the tone a little bit more so than if it had been like modern times and people just living in a thing out in the woods. Like, I don't know. That's my take. I think it would have been kicked it up a little bit more if it had been in ancient times. Instead of pictures, what would we have? Maybe paintings, drawings. Because like in those, their mythology, their demon things that do that, like draw pictures and stuff. Like so I think you could have translated. Deacon. Hold still. <laughs> Let me well, paint you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that scene in particular would have been a little bit harder, but I think it would have been, that's still a thing, I think. I don't know. That's my take, though. I think that would have been a creative kind of, you know, story. But yeah. Uh, I think my main complaint, though, with the whole movie is just its length, especially in the first half. The first half feels like it drags on the longest. And maybe... Maybe it needs to, and you know, maybe me, John, maybe me and you are wrong, and that like if you cut this down too much, it takes away something. Because be. I do think the movie is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of agree with what you said at the beginning of this podcast, though, John. Of like, part of me feels like I didn't get it. Like something about the movie just didn't hook me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Would you, uh, John? Would you say it's worth your free time? Yes, I think it's worth your free time. I also think what's worth your free time is maybe reading about some of the other theories that people feel pretty strong about, like the 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 photos that the shamans were taking were actually allowing people to move into the afterlife so that they wouldn't be possessed by the woman in white who was the bad guy in this theory, hmm. just for example. But there's some pretty in-depth, uh, some some research that's been done that I encourage you to figure out Go what you believe. Wow. Peter, I'm going to ask you, I know the answer, but do you think it's worth your free time? Yes, I, <laughs> I do believe it is worth uh, your free time. <laughs> uh, I I will say it's worth your free time. I do want to add the caveat, though. I, I feel like to a lot of people, especially if you haven't watched that many foreign films, especially if you haven't watched that many you know, Asian culture-based foreign films, this is going to be jarring. This is going to be jarring to you because I feel like I haven't seen that many and it was pretty jarring. I feel like if you go in this cold turkey, like not knowing anything about that, it's going to be jarring. <laughs> be ready to read too. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, but uh, that was The Wailing. You know, um, again, you know, this is the a very much a hidden gem. I'm, I'm happy we watched it though. Uh, it's I feel like it's one of those movies that would have passed on Netflix like 30 times being like, oh, that seems interesting, and then not watched it. (laughs) Still on Netflix. Go watch it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, that's going to wrap it up, unless you guys, any final thoughts? I was going to try to make a whale noise, but I didn't know what a whale sounded (laughs) like. So I... Ooh. I couldn't tell if you were trying to do a whale sound at first or if you were like mocking John being like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> or just, we read. It, was, it was a mocking whale. <laughs> or just yawning. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. Well, if you uh, want to get a hold of us, always remember that you can reach us at tmftpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at tmftpodcast. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, any, any real podcast listening device i'm pretty sure we're on now we're we're pretty outspread um yeah i've that's all we got this week and i guess we'll see you next week where it's my pick right yeah my pick we'll definitely see you next week (laughs) and you can contact mark at 615 Uh, uh, okay bye